0: I invented yep. a straw, a top of straw the other day Keep your straw thing to yourself <clears throat> My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board See
1: that chair it used to be um, too. If it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging
0: them out of the trees Send it. So much oh dropping so <laughs> I didn't even get stomped in the dick That's my junk Yeah, put it away it's...
2: What my cry?
1: You are recording, I am recording, this is the podcast. Welcome back to One Off The Wood. Tonight, Tonight, or today, depending on when you're listening, we're going deep underground. Couldn't tell you what episode number it is. Kind of pointless even saying anyway, isn't it? So we'll stop saying what episode number it is.
0: Welcome back. <laughs> I haven't been here for a while. You've been in a way. Well, you haven't been anywhere. Maybe that's why you haven't been on the podcast. You've been less adventuring. But we've got an Adventure Time podcast Wrapped yeah, up.
1: We do. You've been on adventures, so we'll we'll tap into your
0: adventurous stories. Hopefully, they're adventurous. Fuck, Fuck the enthusiasm's real high on this episode, isn't it? <laughs> we've been back in... Uh, I'm back in WA. You're in Sydney, so it's old school, linking up again over the over the airwaves. But um that's nah, good man. I've had a few guests on the last couple of episodes, a few different people. I've enjoyed it, but you know, it's good to be back with the original one off the wood. You got a you got a bevy tonight? Yeah, I do. Sunday night
1: merlot from the Riverina. Uh, Yaren. It was the cheapest merlot at the bottle shop I went to. It's quite delicious nice. though.
0: <laughs> the cheapest merlot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah You bit short on cash? <laughs> no I think it was a Kind of a fancy wine shop So it was like $17 And I was like "That It was the far left That'll do you Yeah Far left yeah. of the shelf uh,
0: <laughs> Yeah I like it Can't go wrong No it's good I'm, Yeah Back in the west I just finished off A bottle of um, Jamison's The stout one The one that's finished In stout barrels It's alright Yeah, just had that From a little drive over So yeah It was a good little bottle but now we've got some, some adventure time shit to go on. Is is there anything that's got you frothing yet, Andy? What's got you frothing early?
1: Yeah, I actually had a, a froth out today because I jumped online to get prepared for this podcast uh, and we've got a shared Google Drive. And on that Google Drive, there's these videos that you and I made in like 2005 and six. And yep. one of them in particular just got me real frothing. It's like a ski and snowboard Video, it's myself, you, and our mate Tommy G uh, in Avalanche Gully at Mount Hotham in like 2005, I think it is. And like we must One have of the
0: worst seasons for yeah, snow of all time,
1: yeah, worst season ever. But which made Avalanche Gully have all these rocks and cliffs in it. And we must have bought a decent camera that year because it's actually the first video we made there, it looks all right. And I was like, you know what, we were actually doing some pretty Sick stuff, considering how shit we probably were. And I just... I got really frothed. I was like, I, st- I want to go do more of that. I reckon I still froth Man, just as like hard now.
0: Those times, like, of the... We we were enthusiastic to make videos and, like... But you'd, you record them and then you have to go home, get on a computer and months later, it was like a surf magazine it had come out then. Whereas now, it's like, in the car, down the mountain, you can edit yourself a video together and yeah. it's fucking... <laughs> Because I, I had a, likes.
1: I had a pretty state-of-the-art digital camcorder, but it was still on tape, so you still had to, like, convert the tape to digital on your computer. It was an absolute nightmare. But, um, yeah, heaps easier now. Heaps easier. Fuck, yeah. But it was pretty cool. We were jumping <laughs> off some some cliffs that were, you know, in, at the time we were probably thinking, oh,
0: they're a bit lame, but look at them now. It's like, they're
1: big cliffs. I probably wouldn't jump off them now. Sick.
0: Fuck, that's all right then. I'll have to give them a watch. I found them on my... um old hard drive when I was at the parents like a proper old school 160 gigabyte hard drive you had to power in and it was like the size of two laptops it was huge I was like we've got to throw this in the bin it's fucking obsolete so I pulled it all off whacked it onto a new terabyte drive that's the size of a business card and then yeah just destroyed it in the
1: garage yeah I'm glad you found it because like I've the sun, I've got a drawer full of all old hard drives of all sorts and one day I need to sort it all out before before it disappears
0: hopefully it doesn't disappear man it's, it's been fucking disappearing my Hotmail account that I've had forever <laughs> has just like I've realised <laughs> it's taken me three months to realise I haven't received an email since the end of February because it's apparently I'm over I'm full and they're like we're not sending and receiving emails anymore and I'm like I mean that's unemployment for you. I haven't noticed, but also like, what the f- what the fuck? Where's it's that come from?
1: This is Wazah yeah.
0: at hotmail dot com. Well, yeah, spelled a bit funny so that everyone doesn't have my personal email. But yeah, it's a bit W A Z A H at hotmail dot <laughs> com. That's that's exactly how you spell it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're not going to get the emails anyway. An email. <laughs> Yeah, and I tried to delete shit. Anyway, I didn't know that was possible. I kind of looked into it. I've always wondered where shit goes when it goes in the cloud. Like, there's, you just put stuff there, but someone's paying for that data. Someone's got that hard drive plugged in and turning so I can access it. What the fuck? Where? Yeah, no, like somewhere
1: there's there's an actual computer with your shit on it. They're probably like Hotmail. No one's using Hotmail anymore. We'll just turn them all off, see if anyone notices. (laughs) Yeah yeah
0: how is yeah. my, my Yahoo account's still live I'm sure yeah yeah man I'm I'm sure it's um man also Elliston shark attack down at um Walker's Rock Beach thereabouts yeah. did you yep. see that have you read any of the accounts of what happened
1: no i just heard that it happened that someone's uh, disappeared a surfer
0: Yeah, I met a guy at the Frio Markets this morning um, who's from that area, and he showed me some video of the surf that day. It was pumping, but he was like, um, "said all his mates or a couple of his mates were out, and it's like a beach, like a learner's sort of spot. So there was kids around, and I don't know, this is a bit graphic, but whatever. Um, He guy got taken like from you know where they're all sitting, and then dragged out to sea, like a couple of hundred meters." And then his board was just like tombstoning because it had him, the shark had him by the head or the body underwater, like chewing him. And his board, they could just see it just spinning and tombstoning for ages. Yeah. Like as this thing was eating him. It sounded fucked. Like I I don't think there's, <laughs> a,
1: there's a good type of shark attack, really. Like you hear about them and you're like, oh, yeah, someone got eaten by a shark, but it's never going to be a good. But it's gonna, it's it's gonna be fucked oh, up.
0: Oh my god! Um, yeah, like yeah, it just sounded really fucked. And I don't know, I don't, How do you feel about that stuff? I kind of disassociate from it. Like I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. Yep. Yeah. A hundred percent.
1: We've got a podcast episode talking to your mate who got attacked by a massive great white, and that so that should yeah. be more real. But no, nah, it's complete complete disassociation. Like it doesn't. It's not real. Um, no. Nah. And yeah And that's the only way To deal with it I think And to not not Worry about it And just keep surfing Swimming
0: And The, the only way I look think of it Is like The same as Car crashes You see Oh there's a head on accident <coughs> wasn't their fault They got t-boned It's like yeah But you still Get in your car And don't think about it
1: Yeah That's right But the th- difference is, Like cars You gotta You gotta drive You gotta get places Surfing You don't have to go surfing But But You kinda do I guess it's more fun than yeah. driving.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um That's, yeah, pretty hectic. It might bring me to something that you don't fucking need to do uh, is my froth for the week as well. Um I've been out on the Nullarbor on the way, driving back home to Perth, having a sick time actually. Like I've fucking every time it gets better and better than Nullarbor, you get to that treeless plain um, and... I had like the sun setting when I got there and just the the energy, like I'll get this complete, I just driven for eight or nine hours and I just get this like boost of energy, like a proper giddy froth, like the, the vastness, the rawness of it. I just actually, like, I can't explain the froth that I get from it. It was just, yeah, it's a magic, magic place. Like I'm, I'm loving it. And this trip had a totally different experience. And instead of, um, I was keen to spend some time out there, just chilling, but it's real serial killer-esque if you're just like park yeah. up, have a fire and like, what are you doing? Hey, people come up and you're there at midday just with the, sitting around the fire, fucking chilling, cooking snags by yourself. It's like real weird, but I had an excuse this time. I had people out there camped near Cocklebiddy to meet up with and I had the opportunity just to do that, sit down for a week. Well, so I thought anyway, I thought I was just going to kick back. This, this group of people come out from... Um, Perth, a couple from Adelaide to meet up at Cocklebiddy to go cave diving, so into these caves and get their, get their dive on, which is a sport that no one needs to do, it's nah. fucking pretty mental, um, and even to add to that, I was chatting to them and I was like, all oh, frothy, see, sweet, we're going to get out there, and then the day, I think it was a Saturday, um, someone from the technical diving community in Perth, I don't want to mention their name, uh, but uh, passed away in the ocean From a bit of a, a mistake With some of their dive gear And yeah Like that's pretty fucking rocking For that community And I'm like Oh well this is all off They're not going to do it But they, everyone was all frothing And still Yeah still, still ended up cave diving When I want there Not that it's disrespect To this particular person But it's like I don't know It's kind of what they do They Get on with the job Yeah it Risks you take
1: Yeah What it, what do you do yeah. If you love doing it do you take a week off? Do you take a month off? Do you take a day off, or do you just rip into it? Rip into it, apparently. Rip
0: in, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Apparently, rip in. Um, so I, I actually recorded some stuff, um, for you. You had a listen, have you? I'd I've had, I've had a listen.
1: Let's, let's play it. So, set the scene before I press go.
0: Uh, so we're in. This is the last dive of the week. Um, that we're there. I'd spent my time. I i turned up to camp and been like, it's the eeriest thing, turning up to this camp and there's like six or seven cars around and no one around. Just super weird because they're all underground. It's just dead silent. And I was like frothing. I'm like sick. I'm going to have a week of chilling out by the campfire, not being a serial killer, cooking damper and you know just having a good time. And eventually, a couple of days in, I ended up down the caves with them, helping them haul their gear in and out and got the opportunity to, to go into a few of these caves, which are actually off. Like they're closed technically. Yeah. Um, you'll hear some of the audio the audio, physically not closed. But um, got yeah, got the opportunity to go down the cave with them and hang out. So I've recorded some audio on their last dive um while I was in the cave and I actually had a bit of a a bit anxious <laughs> while I was there. So you'll hear what happens. I reckon give so, it a play.
1: So you're fifty metres underground?
0: Fifty meters, ninety meters. This cave, Tommy G, of all people, who you just frothed on. Uh, it's called Tommy Graham's cave. Of, yeah, right. Which is a bit ironic. So I was deep in Tommy G's hole, ninety meters underground is the water table, and they've gone um, from there a couple hundred meters, and I was yeah, just sitting in pitch black darkness. There's a couple of cave crickets and blind spiders around, but basically nothing. Just dead silence and like sensory depth like the perfect place to record a potty. So here we go. Let's see what happened. All right. Welcome to a special episode of One Off The Wood. Just was I here by myself. Um, Haven't quite made it back to Perth yet. Stopped across the Nullarbor to hang out with some cave divers who are out at Cocklebiddy. Stayed at Murrah L. Elven Cave for a few days, which is worth a look Actually, if you come off the, um, just off the high, it's only about less than a K in, um, just a big round pit. But you can have a look into it. Everybody loves a deep round hole. Um, You can't actually go in because the lip's quite steep. So when the divers are out here, they've set up ladders and a big pulley system, the winch, the cable car, so they can cut all the gear to the bottom to the first pinch point. And then you climb down uh, probably another 50 metres uh, drop down to the bottom where the where the water table is and set up down there. Um, but they absolutely love it, these divers. They're getting, coming out of the hole at like 7 o'clock at night. It's still dark. I suppose it's not really relevant when you pitch black. Anyway, um, today we've come over to... Another cave out uh, south of Cocklebiddy. It's a bit of a mission. If you Google Maps it, you can get there. There's a – I don't know if I should be giving directions to these places, but it is on Google Maps. There's a big hole that you'll see at Tommy Graham's cave. Um, You can walk around it and you can find your way into it. It does say that it's closed because all the ground around it's pretty um, uh, unstable. But, again, how do you close a hole in the ground, right? Manage your own risks. Anyway, there's actually a really sneaky – to act, to get into the cave is not where you'd think. It's under a tree, um, this really little entrance, and uh, you drop down a metre under it, down what looks like kind of steps, and then go to the right, and there's a, a really tight pinch point they call the birth canal, you've got to get through there and then follow the the signs down. I, I don't recommend it, and I'm, and it is – closed and I'm saying don't go down there but I had people that have been down before and the reason I say that is because coming back up the first time you come down vertical is, I think it's 90 metres, the water table so you've got 90 metres of vertical to do, uh, pretty steep gradient but when you look back up just with one head torch, it's so hard to actually pick the direction that you came from, um, even though it's not the tightest of squeezes, there's some some manoeuvres to do it's pretty sort of daunting, you know, when you walk into it and you're like, this is the time I make a bit of a mistake. But uh, if you do get a guided tour down here, and I've been pretty lucky uh, tagging along with some cave divers. Uh, So I've come down, down here and watched them get up. That's where I'm at at the moment. 90 meters underground, it's pitch black, dead silent. Hopefully the acoustics are pretty good in here because it actually does it doesn't echo. There's so many fallen rocks and things that kind of absorbs the sound quite well, but at the bottom might be bouncing off the water. It's sort of freaky. It's nice though, like total sensory deprivation. I just had a swim and a snorkel while they were all getting ready with some dive torches. And that's like The dive torches are incredible, like the, how much it actually lights up underwater. Um, but it's all pretty intense. So like, as you can imagine, you, you go diving in the ocean, um, get on a bottle, you're putting your life into this bottle and your regulators and make sure everything works. But worst case, you can always pop to the surface and deal with the bends and hope that doesn't kill you. But in cave diving, if things go wrong, there is no up. The roof is up and it's, it's fucking intense. Like When you put your life into a bottle, you're you're literally putting your life on a timer, which is quite freaky. Like when else do you do that? We all do risky things, whether it's riding bulls or even just driving a fucking car. But there's no end time. And like I watch them, it's all very serious and like people with Asperger's would love this sport. You know, you've got rules for everything, checklists, confirmations – Ex-military and Asperger's people, that's who it's made for. But they go through all their checks, check your backups, check everything else, check your equipment, make sure you've got no leaks in a dry suit or a wetty. And, yeah, and then they put their tags onto the line when they dive. There's permanent lines and then there's reels they'll put out. So you, a permanent line will be through the cave and you, you clip your personal tag onto it. I sound like I know what I'm talking about, but this is just what I picked up. You follow these lines through, and then if you go, if you deviate from the line, um, you put on what they call a jump, so you put on another uh, another line off there, just a thin rope, like almost like thin paracord um, with an arrow on it, say which way you've gone. You swim along that, check out whatever's there, and then reel the line back in as you come back. Um, but one of the things that they said as, as they left was like, oh, I said, what time are you back now? Like an hour max. I said, like, all right, well, if, um, <laughs> I was like two hours, I'll, i wander up and I'll know shit's gone wrong. And the guy's like, mate, hour and 20, we're fucked. And he's like, y- you go up and they literally have put themselves on the clock to go into this hole to have a look around. And it's a, it's a wild idea, but I can see it's exploring. I asked a few, I was like, what's the purpose of this? And in the end, like, well, the first answer I got was, oh, someone's got to do it. I was like, mate, no one has to do this. No, you, you don't have to do it, <laughs> but it's just someone else's version of finding the edge. You know, like no one has to go surfing. I'm sure there are instances. And for me, like, I feel like I do. I feel like I have to go surfing because it keeps you sane and it's my form of meditation. And for these guys, like, it makes camping not just camping for the sake of it, it makes camping the means to the end. So it's so nice to be, have a sport that takes you places, which for me is surfing and and even skiing as well, snowboarding. But you're out in the bush and, cooking on a fire and it's just, it's it's cool. It's definitely cool. I'm into it, maybe not the cave diving, um, but the opportunity to come down, and check out this sort of places, it's pretty sweet. Just the silence in here. I wonder how many people have had this opportunity to just sit and think and wait. I don't mind it. There's a few other cave movies um, that these guys talk about. As you can imagine, cave people are into caving. But um, the other one is Panic and Plains, which is a shit name for a cave. Panicking planes. You don't know and want to be panicking there. Um, there's a movie called Nullarbor Dreaming and it's about that cave got flooded and some people getting rescued out of there. Pretty outrageous. Um, cave people definitely have a sense of humour as well. If you get to have a look at some of these cave maps and there's, there's the crystal room, the snowflake room, and then there's Gary's back passage. I feel like I'm in, Tommy G's back passage, shout out to Tommy G down in Tassie, if anyone knows him, <laughs> yeah. There's some good characters amongst the cave crew as well, bloke who's ex-army, bloke who might have had a bit of a rough time and done a few experiments with drugs. There's a guy who's just like froths being in charge. Oh, I can see some light coming back. It's so eerie, it's so black. And these tunnels, like there's a little bit of light coming back out of it. I've been gone about 30 minutes and they're just slowly the light is like bouncing through the cave tunnel, so lighting up the water. I reckon my eyes have adjusted like to see pick up the tiniest amount of light as well. Yeah, I've got a little glow light on my watch and I put it on and it basically for me lights up the whole roof of the cave, which is pretty insane. So this is a good sign that they're coming back. I suppose. There's so much to do out on this Nullarbor. I've said it before, but the excuse to just sit down like and stop and people watch. If you get to the road houses, just park up and watch people come past. People want to have a chat too, especially the people fueling up like little hatchback cars and they've been uh, you know, sitting in their own company, and they just wanna wanna see what's up. Hey, oh, where are you off to? What are you doing? I've been living at Madura Pass. Oh, this road's getting bloody longer. Off. I'm gonna film them as they come back in. Oh, you should! I wish you could see these lights and this. It's so cool. All right. Peace out, one off the wooders. All right, so I'm back recording. It's been about 10 minutes since I turned the last one off and the lights came out to the start of the line. I can see two lights. I've seen some flippers and they've been flashing around. Like, uh, But they haven't come up to the cave entrance yet. And the passage that they go into for this one um, is called the keyhole chamber and it's really tight. And slick, so oh, it's getting dark again. I'm actually got a fair bit of anxiety right now. Oh, it's just gone dark again. Okay, so the keyhole passage is quite tight. I'm genuinely got real anxious the lights have turned off, which means they've come back in. So one hour, they've got 20 minutes to sort this out. This is actually fucking pretty freaky. Um, I'm imagining if you go through one way, You can't turn around in there. One of the girls is probably a bit bigger than uh, most girls and you'd be concerned for her squeezing through potentially. Alright, there's a few more lights milling around. I can hear a lot of bubbles which doesn't help, it's kind of like a spa just bubbling away in the distance. Uh, as their bubbles kind of make it to the roll up to the surface. But they've definitely gone away from the entrance. 20 minutes left on the clock. They're diving what they call sevens. The cylinders are um, smaller than regular cylinders. Means you can fit less air in them, obviously. Fuck, this is intense. I have no desire to do this sport. Caving, it's nice. Oh, I've got a light back on. There's one light on the ground. So one person is at the end. We can see just one person. And flippers. Apologize for the songs, but I don't really know what to say. And this is... So just got lights. It looks like there are maybe two people at the bottom, but I can only see one flipper. Um, speculate and say there's two people. Yeah, there's two now. I can see two shadows um, and they're waiting at the end of this line. <clears throat> there's a bit more torch movement, but it's kind of hard to tell which torch is which because they've got one on their arm like on their wrist, kind of like, uh, I don't know, some kind of laser setup. And then backup torches. There's backups for everything in this. So there's two torches floating around. It's just so hard to see what's what. But it does only seem like two torches. This has like been a really intense four and a half minutes for you listening. This has been a really intense four and a half minutes for me sitting <coughs> at this cave entrance. And I can't tell. I'm gonna try and get closer to the water. Um, see if I can see who's, who's who. Right, someone in a dry suit. And. Yeah, it's basically impossible to tell who's who from here. All right, I've got a third torch and a fourth torch. One, two, three, four, fuck me. Hopefully they're just doing decompression, but that's a proper way to freak me out. Here we go. We've got movement. And they're coming towards the end of the line. Three, four torches. Holy shit, fuck this sport, genuinely fuck this sport. (laughs) I suppose it's different when you're out of control or like when I've got the control, you know what you're doing but when you're just watching passive, I don't fucking deal with that well. I like to be in charge. All right, I'm gonna turn this off. My heart rate's going a million miles an hour. Well, maybe not that, but it's definitely elevated. Hopefully you can hear the bubbles. One, two, three, four. They're all out. <laughs> I'm gonna take some photos. Thanks for listening, guys. I hope no one had as much of a freak out as me listening. <laughs> All right we've got diver number one up to the surface, diver number
3: two. <laughs> oh my God.
0: How
2: oh, was the keyhole? That keyhole! Was... That's fucking awesome. Oh, real. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my
0: god.
3: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> oh, Steven!
0: <laughs> what do you think, guys?
2: Awesome. Oh. <laughs> Coming that... back here. That was so cool. Oh, that keyhole. Yeah, it just oh. kept going, yeah. So cool. And I did it, looked like a a keyhole. Yeah. And just (laughs) be able to slowly (laughs) cruise through. I did the first. Oh, man. On the way in, I did it on my side, in the narrow of it, and just cruise along. Oh, look at that. geared up. These sevens aren't bad, eh? These sevens are incredible. I'm going to get myself a pair. I think I might as well. They just feel so comfortable. (laughs) Oh, more gear to (laughs) buy. Worth it. It's like they're not even there, eh? Like in that keyhole, I would have been bumping the sides the whole way in 12s. And the blue room, how that opened up as well. Yeah. So nice. Um, very different tomorrow. Yeah. It, yeah, it feels totally different. It feels very different. And, you know what else it feels? Warm. Yeah. I was not cold at all, still not. What a comfortable dive. <laughs> it was. It was very, very comfortable.
0: i tell you what was uncomfortable. Sitting on the rocks. <laughs> Sitting in the darkness, watching those lights come back. Were you guys decompressing? Oh, uh, sort, of.
1: sort
2: of. Waiting.
0: And <laughs> waiting, because all I could see was two torches. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm watching the clock and waiting and waiting. And then, the tor- then you guys turn your torch off. So it's like, oh, this is... <laughs> Here we so go. Could you
2: still oh, tell me yeah, we were there when so we had our torches <laughs> off? I
0: couldn't see the computers already? Yeah, I could just see a little computer. Yeah, right. Yeah, because I wanted
2: to see there in the dark. Yeah, same. I knew exactly what you were talking yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And how nice did it look when Dave and Hope were coming oh. back from the right there? Oh, there go. So yeah. What a dive. What a dive. <laughs> is it all right? How cool that keyhole is that? That keyhole's awesome. Circle. Oh. It's pretty good, isn't it?
0: Keyhole.
2: At the end when you and Hope went off for a look see him we yeah. were sitting there and we turned our torches off for a while just to sit in the dark and when you guys came back from the right it looked so good just like yeah. glowing blue and you guys just like cruising out. Yeah. I tried yeah. I tried to get Hope to really
0: deep park but I got lost.
2: Oh right. <laughs> but it should be um it's a bit sketchy in there. Is that the ones where you have to go down those little tubey things or? No, nah, it doesn't go down tubes, but there's a whole heap of like fucking I like there's kind of like snow pillows. Um, and they're really fragile and as soon as you touch them they just disintegrate. Yeah, right, um, like the, the silk one that so they layer up and... Yeah, it's a little bit like stuff in the blurry. Um, <coughs> at 35 and I thought I'd pick the right one but I didn't, but it's really cool in there. <laughs> yeah, you know when you were telling me to hurry up when you're bringing the finger spawn? I was Dave, telling
3: you to let go of the line.
2: Yeah, yeah, I wasn't holding the line, then Dave's cylinder was, it was like the main line yeah. was under his cylinder, so I was pushing it off him. that's what was pulling on yeah. your reel. <laughs> you were
0: like, get the fuck off the reel. Was, I was, like, fuck yeah. off. Yeah. I
2: was, that I was, was laughing because so cool. I could see you, yeah, looking, you looking like, stop <laughs> cool. with yeah, a reel cause cause And I'm like, that call. get it off Dave. Yeah. 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 I, realize, I could see look it's like like the look in your face like, just fuck it, let it go, Dickhead. If
0: that doesn't sound like frothing to you, then I don't know what frothing is must be weird to do a sport where you kind of go down and you can't talk about it. You've got hand signals and chatting about what happens. But in the moment, you know, you get a good wave and you're like, man, that last one I got was sick. And these guys, you've got to save all the froth for the surface. But uh, you heard it. That's, that's real cave diving froth. Don't know if I'm into it still.
1: <laughs> so there we go. So you, you're sitting there in the dark recording that. And you're watching the clock and it, you got a little bit, had a little bit of a panic, <laughs> started to have a nervous breakdown, a panic attack that, that they weren't coming back up. What do you do when they don't come back up? Just just back out of the cave slowly, get in your car and drive off?
0: Well, I would have got in my car, but there's a bloke with the new 300 series, so I probably would have maybe <coughs> swapped some kid over and just got in his car and driven off because they ain't coming back. Just swap the plates over and cruise off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just toddle off into the distance. Yeah, it was uh, like genuinely um, freaked me out. Like I was there loving it, like the experience, the sensory depth, like this is so cool. And then started watching, looking at the clock. And I think I, I don't deal with stuff when that well when it's out of my control. Like it was, it's all up to them. They know what's going on. They're in the situation. They could fix it, but there's nothing I could do. Like I'm in there. I'd had a swim in my underpants and... You know, got me goggles and a snorkel, and I've also since learnt, um, you know, after spending a bit of time with them, the 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 faux pas is you never call flippers flippers. Flippers are fins in the diving community.
1: Yeah, that's I've heard that before. It's Stupid. It's like flippers, If you're foot a paddles, the foot you, paddle, man. Like back in the day, that reminds me of bodyboarders. They used to didn't like to call it boogie boarding. Because, you know, it's like disrespectful to call it boogie boarding. But now they just like, yeah you call it what you call it. They're flippers. They're flippers. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah you're flip flopping around, man. That's what they are. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was quite funny actually coming to this group and like I'm the kook. Because like the Nullarbor is my terrain. You know, I've been out there shit loads. I spent a lot of time there. It's just camping with a four-wheel drive. Like um, eat it up. But to hang out with all these guys and be the camp kook was like quite weird. Cause I was on the outer, and it's just this like massive group of nerds, really. Like, yeah, the, <laughs> to be honest. And one of the, in fact, that night they all went from um, where we were camped at Murrah over to Panic and Plains, this other cave, to watch a movie. So there was a couple of exploration cave divers out there that are trying to find new new places, and then just basically jerking each other off on like who'd who'd gone deeper and who'd gone longer in a cave and. And, like, these guys all went to a campsite to watch this film and listen to some dude chat. Yeah, <laughs> it's hell no, funny.
3: It's,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Like, there's a few sports like that where it's, like, actually super extreme. These guys are probably on the edge of, of you know, at the forefront of what they do. No, but nobody else gives a fuck except for the community yeah, yeah. that's doing it. But that's fine. That's cool. <laughs> So,
0: and like like that guy said, it's like what, what do you have to do this for? Why? And he's like, oh, well, someone's got to do it. It's like, no man, no one's got to fucking do this. It's just a cave. There's heaps of holes around. Like just, but someone just does have to do up. it. I think
1: like if there's a hole in the earth, I think at some point someone's got to go down there. You know, it's like space. Some someone's got to go to Mars. Someone has to do it. Some Mount Everest. Someone has to go to the top. We need to see what's there. So these guys are actually. You know, if there's a hole someone's gotta get in it. in it. Yeah, I agree with them. Like someone's gotta do the majority it.
0: Majority of the planet likes stuffing ourselves in wet holes, that's for sure. But these guys are different. Like you said, it's a to me, like sitting there watching them go down, it's like it's as if they're going to another reality, like to another <laughs> world that is beyond it. Because like I've gone through the hole, I've squeezed through you know, some gaps in the rocks and, and we're underground, but it's like, as soon as you get to that water level, it's like, Oh, this is it. Like, this is as far as I can explore. This is finished. And then they just disappear. Like, and to not hear them, not see them, nothing for this time. It's like, you've been to another fucking planet. Like,
1: yeah, I I can't. Yeah.
0: It's full on.
1: Yeah. So it's a barrier to entry. It's like, it is exploration. It's like, it's pretty extreme really. Because you think there's not many places you can do stuff like that anymore, unless you are going to space. Like mountains are there, and we've been up them all. You can take a more difficult route up a mountain, but you can still see it. And yeah. you know, all the oceans have been crossed. You can't, you can't break ground there anymore. So these guys are actually explorers, like the real legit explorers. I don't know what they're hoping to find find, it, find no. down there. Are they bringing anything back, like medicine or <laughs> anything
0: like that? <laughs> yeah. It's fuck all down there. That's what's quite cool is like it's not a – um it's so dusty. The dust real fine and it's like you can sit really comfortably in the silence down there because, you know, whilst you'd spot the odd cricket, cave cricket or, or um blind spider or something, but that's it. There's no bats. There's nothing flying around like – you're so comfortably chilling in this space It was Yeah I I kind of recommend it But I don't recommend it at the same time Have you been like um? Did you go caving as kids? Remember Mimi tried to take us caving in Tassie I'm sure you went with her once upon a time I've
1: done a bit of caving in Tassie Just through university And a couple of other random things Yeah like There's lots of cast um, areas in Tassie Where I've been down a few holes yeah But um, there's like What's a cast area? What's, ca- what's that? Ca- oh cast With a K, K? Yeah. It's like limestone um, ah. Limestone country Where you get lots of Caves <laughs>
0: <laughs> Some good geology yeah. knowledge there mate <laughs> Mate I
1: should have I should have been there I would have Been able to talk the talk Oh is this cast landscape around here?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it looks pretty fucking cast to me <laughs> Yeah, I went to that big cave the in Manga funny, River, which is pretty bad. The Oh, man, there's heaps. Of, and that's actually, it's kind of similar to that, but there's no formations like stalactites and mites and all that sort of shit. But yeah, yeah water at the bottom of them and yeah, big rooms and just and cool. That- but I think like I had a bit of a... um. thought, I was like, when you go with your school trip, but it's like, all right, everyone has to wear a helmet. Everyone's got fucking overalls on and like, we're doing this and it's check this and safety, this and that. And I was like, this is adult school camp, but like off the leash, manage your own risks. And like one of the girls had a helmet, or actually two of them had helmets, but like a guy's in a singlet and boardies and like runners and I'm wearing boots. I put gloves on because the limestone just chews your fingerprints off. And like, and I hit my head a couple of times because we were hauling gear, like, the whole out was fucked. You doing laps, passing bottles, up and around rocks, and all this sort of shit. And I keep my head a couple of times. I was like, "Oh yeah, fucking helmets, But eh? Like, pretty useful." Thank <laughs> but you. <Yeah>. But like, <laughs> but just the big, you know, there's drops and stuff, and you could have hurt yourself. But like, I like the. It's up to you to manage your own risks, and if you feel out of your comfort zone, then fucking stop. Yeah, I like that.
1: Yeah, kind of. It sounds a lot like, like the white water kayaking community or the mountain biking community like or rock climbing community you think all these sorts of sports have this because not that many people do them maybe not mountain biking anymore but definitely like whitewater kayaking there's a real you know real community and everyone knows everyone and they they do skills and they do training and they go and do it together whereas like something like surfing and skiing there's no like like surfing there's none of that it's so uh, selfish generally, don't you reckon?
0: What do you mean selfish? In well,
1: the... you might have a, a mate or two that you do trips with, but there's not like some community. Like you want people to f- fuck off away from you basically when you <laughs> go <swimming>.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. Well, that's why these caves are sick because none of them, like they're closed and there's a little sign next to Tommy Graham's. It's like closed and it's kind of says this cave's closed but it's like well it's not because there's the hole and i'm just gonna walk into it yeah. <laughs> oh it's open if
1: it was closed it wouldn't be a cave anymore it would be a filled hole
0: <laughs> yeah yeah exactly <laughs> plugged <laughs> plug in it but uh but when you if you go there to tommy graham specifically like it's a bit hard to get to but you'll get there and you go into the first little bit and it's this first kind of room couple of meters and you can see clearly you move to the right but it's like you won't go any further. You'd be like, nope, this is fucked. Like, And if you do, I was glad when I went in there the first time that Dave had actually been in before because everyone else hadn't. And when I we got like halfway down and I turned around and looked back up the hill, you're on this big slope of like boulders and rocks. And I was like, fuck, which way did we come from? Like I actually cannot hmm. remember which way. And with a torch, it's fine. You'll figure it out eventually. But if your lights go out, you can't feel your way out of there. You're f- actually fucked until someone comes to find you.
1: Oh yeah, there's a really cool story on one of the Rogan pod, Joe Rogan podcast. It's a YouTube clip. It's um, Cowboy Cerrone, who's a ex UFC fighter, but he does cave diving. He's a cave diver. He does all sorts of extreme stuff, but he's got this story of where they they must have had a like a string or a rope that they take out.
0: Yep. And the then, main line and then the jump lines. Yep. You follow yeah, it along. Yeah. yeah.
1: Main line and jump lines into. And uh, they got. It sounded like they got tangled in it. And his dive partner, like, just kicked up dust everywhere. And they just. Yeah. And yeah. It's yeah, silted out. It's actually one of the most, like, white knuckle stories that you've ever heard. It's worth, like, looking it up on YouTube. It's the. Yeah. Rogan Cave Dive Cowboy. If you look that up. Yeah. It'll <laughs> blow your socks off. Like, shit can go wrong. And, like you say. In the in the clip when you're down there, you don't, you can't find your way out. You don't have two hours to find your way out. You've got 20 minutes
0: leeway. Yeah. You can't wait for that silk to settle. And if you listen to when they all come out proper froth and, and Dave like tried to take the other, take hope into this other room and he's like, oh, it gets a bit sketchy in there, you know, <laughs> it's like, fuck, I don't want to know what these guys version of a bit sketchy is because it's oh it's a bit sketchy yeah you kick up some dust and then we're fucked because you can't see but a lot of that that's why you've got to have so many tickets because they follow that line and it's got arrows on it to show you which way to go but if someone gets tangled and you've got to cut it and or you but, just get squeezed imagine going through this keyhole and getting stuck behind someone and they're just there They're they're stuck yeah
1: what are your thoughts on tickets for like sports like that obviously it's good to know if this happens I do this if this happens I do this But, like, at the end of the day, do you really need to go and get a ticket to that? Or can you just get your mate who knows how to do it to tell you how to do it? And then you know how to do it. Isn't that how you learn things? Tickets are stupid. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah, I, I feel like I would agree with you until I saw what was involved and what happened and some of the videos and, like, yeah, okay, when shit gets wrong, right, you... So I, t- so I know what I'm doing, but I take you down there and it's like, all right, shit's gone wrong. We can't talk underwater. We're like, oh, okay, this is fucked up. I'll get us out of here. We'll do this. It's like you're not even looking at me anymore because it's silted up so you can't no, see no. what's going on. So it's like, I feel like I'm. it's a liability for me to take you even down. Into I, that. I agree with that. Tickets for sports.
1: But the, tickets, the ticket itself doesn't save you in that moment. It's me and you knowing what we're doing and like you've taught me what you know because you learned yep. it from someone else and we trust each other to do it. We, I don't need a certificate on top of that, if yeah, you know well, what I um, mean.
0: Yeah, 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 sure. I don't know. I feel like in this instance, potentially, if you had your ticket, then I'll take friends with us and we're good. But if everyone else is like, that guy doesn't know what he's doing and if he gets stuck and fucks this for everyone. Yeah, but Dan, then when
1: you're down there and the shit goes wrong, you can't pull your ticket out. That's not going to help you. It's <laughs> no, no. So, all right. I've got a certificate. Yeah. We're not going to die today.
0: We're going to be fine. Give me your oxygen. Because <laughs> I, I think I'm about like, out here. In, like backcountry skiing,
1: a lot of people getting into it and they go and do a Avalanche 1 course or whatever it is. but And then they yep. think, all right, we're off to the backcountry. We've done our course. We've got our ticket. It's like yep. you don't know fucking anything. <laughs> yeah.
0: But like th- that's experience. That's where it's different because to, to get it and that's what these guys were doing with the trainer um, out there was to actually go with him. Do the practice when everything goes wrong. It's fucking intense. They train on get like know, hours of
1: training and stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. So you physically actually do all the shit that you have to do when you get out of trouble. Yeah, and um, to do it. So yeah, I makes sense. I know what you mean like what? are They're gonna make licenses for surfboards again and for um, leg ropes in Byron Bay. Have you seen that chat lately? Like, they're gonna bring in a law.
1: I'd and, actually and pass it. Can you look. You you're a bit removed from crowded proper crowded kook feel but I'm here you know I surf Bondi occasionally I reckon a few yep. tick. yeah I reckon having a few tickets probably not bad like just a ticket yep you got to have you know prove that you can paddle a board and get it out of the way understand you know drop-ins and things like that I reckon a few tickets wouldn't go astray at, uh, <laughs> at Byron and Bondi <laughs>
0: Yeah, maybe the case. They just rope off beaches and like, right, this is Kook Soup. That's you guys, everybody else on the point. Yep. Yeah. You got to swipe your card to get in. Yep. Know, we could commercialize anything. I'd So I fucking enjoyed my time out on um, the thing and out on the Nullarbor. Real good. And if anyone wants to go check out those places, Murrah, 500 meters off. Um, it's about 5Ks west of Cocklebiddy and... Five six hundred metres off the road, just south side, so you can go and camp there and check it out. It's just a big hole in the ground. You won't be able to get into it. Panicking Plains is a couple of k's east of Cocklebiddy. Um, and same thing. You can go and have a look. You probably climb down into that, and there's some dry caving on the right hand side. Again, they're closed. I'm not saying go and fucking have a look, but or go in there, but definitely go and have a look because it's just off no, no, the no. highway. no, no.
1: What you do is you hire a dive tank on the east coast somewhere. Right, yeah. Yep. And you just tell them you've got a ticket. Then you drive to Cocklebiddy yep. and
0: you get down that cave. and Get in there. <laughs> get in there, have a crack. Haul us. Have a fucking crack. <laughs> apparently, it's good. Cocklebiddy Cave, apparently, there's 6.5 kilometers of tunnels. I was like, that's 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 boring. That's like getting on a cat track. It's like, yeah, I skied the longest run in Australia with 6.5 kilometers of cat track. Like, Davenport Access, it was awesome. Mm. <laughs> like, it's not. No, that's a little... Surely, like, how do you know? Like, don't you run out of air
1: at 6.5 kilometers?
0: Well, you have to lay up tanks and stuff, To so you've got to take extra ones with you and shuffle, and then they've got these fucking rebreather tanks, and then they've got scooters. It's like this, it's a scooter, so you hold onto it, and it's got a little propeller, and it drags you through the water so you don't have to swim.
1: I think you guys might have tried to invent that in the last uh, few podcasts <laughs> ago with Matt and Jack.
0: Mate, it's happening. <laughs> it's absolutely happening. Mark my words. I'll tell you what I did do though. When I got back from that trip and like it was super froth and had a coffee in um, in Freo like on a Monday or a Tuesday or something and a, a friend I was with was like, the coffee tastes better on the Nullarbor, like the instant coffee with long life milk mm. tastes better than this cafe and I was like, it does. I was like, why is that? And we're like looking around and- on the Nullarbor, it's like you wake up in the morning, the sun's rising, a couple of birds chirping, it's quiet, nothing's going on, you've boiled a billy or you you jet boil and it's just you and the coffee and that's yep. it. And it's like you can appreciate it and all you got is that coffee. In this cafe, there was like, I mean, it's Fremantle for one, so there's freaks walking in and out like dressed as they, like they're in Fitzroy or something and there was like there's music going there's art on the walls there's like people yelling there's like just people everywhere shit going on too lights i was like there's too much noise for me to enjoy and appreciate this coffee like it was full on like and that's that's what people want though they love that they want more noise so like, i don't think we want more noise i don't know if I people sensory want it depth maybe they
1: do i think i actually i don't know if i really know what you're saying but i do know that somewhere like the Nullarbor, that's international roast country. You know, you're out there, yeah, you've got wide open yep. spaces, dusty, and then, you know, it might be in an old motel that you're the only one staying there and there's an international roast in there, and there's nothing wrong with that. And an S Cafe Blend 43 when you're camping it tastes fucking good. Yeah. It's so good. And you know what? It probably does taste better than some of the cafes that you probably find in Fremantle. No offense, Fremantle, but. <laughs>
0: No, it was it was good. Got my Harry, got my Harry on, channeled up some some damper for um, roast night. did a Did did a little like a simple damper for the tester, and then I went rogue for actual dinner. And people people approved. I might have to hit up Harry, give him my recipe. You know, get in the book. Uh,
1: ha- Harry Fisher from Fire to Fork.
0: Do you? I've yep.
1: been watching his. You know, I watch his videos and I enjoy them. Do you reckon he's getting bigger? Is that is that okay to talk about <laughs> on the podcast?
0: I don't know. I haven't, I haven't actually. I don't watch his videos. I see his Instagram. You reckon he's getting bigger? I reckon maybe there's less. S-
1: he's overdoing it, maybe. How, how many videos is he shooting
0: a day? It's like
1: well, lamb roast for breakfast, to freaking <laughs> lamb roast for lunch.
0: It could be sympathetic weight gain. They got the second kid on the way. I'm pretty sure. So oh, maybe actually, he's just supporting no, the missus.
1: I, I, I heard something about like when your missus gets pregnant unless you like do something about it you basically start producing more um uh what's the opposite of testosterone Est- estrogen and you, yeah, and you grow you get fat and grow titties if you're not careful what? it's like yeah it's like Why? a it's like your body is preparing to become homely you know so it like, wow yeah it's, it was on a huberman lab podcast about testosterone
0: <laughs> so don't hang out with pregnant chicks well i
1: think yeah, to the gym. I think if you are hanging out a pre chips, you need to go and yeah, lift weights or something. Get the testosterone going. Okay. Yeah. Get yeah. So like that's that that's the, rogue. the dad no. the dad bod thing is is real. That's what he was saying anyway. Interesting. Very interesting. I, I
0: believe you. <laughs> that human body is pretty good. I don't mind it. I got onto another one the ATP podcast. Um they're pretty pretty funny the way they deliver their science as well. It's two blokes and they kind of both research a topic um, independently and then come together and they kind of like ask each other questions and then supply papers to the things that they've you know, found out about it. The we one on, um, uh, oh, shit, the bed. What, one what's on called, uh,
1: shitting right? the bed. How many no, scientific no, papers the are there about shitting the bed? Have you ever shat the bed? There's a question for you.
0: Like no, nah, a- I thought I shot the bed once, but I didn't
1: Okay Was that recently? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it was the night that I'd my pants on that date Oh yeah, um, yeah, yep Yeah, yeah. Cla- and I lay awake and didn't sleep And f- like farted a little bit and it was really hot in the pants I was like, oh no, I've done it again <laughs> Crept to the toilet <laughs> I didn't, turns out I didn't So I was close though Um I was stressing out. But no, the, he did one on, what's the fucking, it's in metal. Oh my God. I can't think of it. it Gold, with M. silver, bronze. M, M. Magnesium. There you go. Magnesium. It's the one on magnesium. Really, really interesting on um, how important it is for the body, how prevalent it is in the world. And if you're going to buy magnesium supplements, don't fuck around with the cheap ones because they just literally don't work to yes. so get the good ones. And yeah, it's awesome. It was really good. And I got it for my rib injury currently and it worked instantly.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I've heard that as well about magnesium and other stuff. But how do you know? Because you walk into like Chemist Warehouse and they're all look the fucking same. Are they all shit in there? Like, how do you find?
0: Yeah, well, one, you can shop by price. But two, if you they actually tell you in the potty which magnesium dioxide or the dioxide particular or, or other one isn't that it? you're looking for. Yeah. So the one I got was, it says 300 milligrams of magnesium and it's 220 grams of the good stuff and 80 grams of filler, whereas the shit ones are like 250 grams of the shit stuff. And you're like, well, I'm getting nothing out of it. So it's not bioavailable. My friend. Yes, bioavailable. Yeah. A question for you was...
1: <laughs> yeah, go on. Full change of subject. So my, one of my cousins, um, her and her partner have quit their jobs... And they're off around Australia for a bit and she made a post where she was saying she feels a bit like finding it a bit difficult not to be working feels like she's not contributing and she's finding that difficult Um, which you know I, do, I can't really relate to that but I was wondering you've you've been sort of doing the travel thing not really working you know, other than running a wetsuit yeah. racket here and there or shaping a few surfboards. <laughs> 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 like, what's the... How are you feeling about it all? Like, do you feel fucking amazing or do you feel like you're useless to society?
0: <laughs> I feel incredible and I've been contributing to society in different ways. In other ways. <laughs> like, I fucking feel amazing. I've been contributing to the froth in the surf car park. I've been... Um, Making friends, I've been making a bit of shit, I've been flipping, like I said, facilitating some guy got a brand new wetsuit today, 200 bucks below retail, and he was frothing, and I <laughs> profited at least $400 yeah. off I mean, this yeah, wetsuit. If
1: that was your your only yeah. business, is to drive to Torquay, pick up the five wetsuits yeah. that are on sale, and then drive back to Perth and sell them. The business model is not great, yeah. but if...
0: Mate, we paid for a dream. I'm shaping a couple of boards. I'm shaping a boards. I'm in the Shaping Bay tomorrow back with Benny. Fuck yeah. Um, who tagged. So, um, yeah, I've just picked up some blanks. So, I'm going to rip out a few more sticks. So, I'm being useful in the time. Actually, I, um, I whacked up on my own personal Instagram. I made a few things, spoons and mm. wallets and shit. And our mate, Tommy Little of uh, Breakfast Radio or Afternoon Radio, Carrie and Tommy show fame and the project sent me a message and he's like, dude, I'm loving what you're doing here. Like, how do I, how much for a wallet? I was like, dude, I'll just make you a wallet. It's fine. And then, um, so I ripped one out for him, sent it over and he was absolutely frothing on it. And he's like, do you want me to post it on my Instagram? I was like, no, please do not. No, I don't. I'm done. doing my best not to have a job. I don't want your 300,000 followers to fucking want a wallet from me. Yeah. No, man.
1: But the thing is, if you can make real bespoke wallets and charge high prices, you only need to make one or two a week. And if you can get yeah, some if you can get Tommy and all his famous mates on the case, like you might you might have an opportunity here. A golden opportunity. A golden
0: I just don't want a job, man. <laughs> I'm doing it for the love. I'm doing it for the love. Um and no, so, that that was that was kinda cool. But yeah, no, I'm contributing cool. in different ways. So oh, I look I'm
1: I'm not saying you're not. I think you're contributing you're contributing just in our own friend group by providing um vicarious um whatever you call it. <laughs> Froths. Vicarious frost, yeah. Um Yeah, fuck. Well that's good to know. Because oh, I had a feeling that's what you, you, you would be. I, I thought you'd be, yeah, like that.
0: Yeah, I'm fine. Is this your hot cousin?
1: Um, It's not. No. no. It's not. So you do have a hot cousin. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 um, The cousin that you're referring to potentially listens, So and she'll know that you're referring to her, nothing to do with me. think she's
0: happily happily married these days i believe still hot um anyway (laughs) moving on from that saw i heard on the radio actually today that scientists have discovered a microbe that eats plastics and they've, they've discovered these microbes before but they only eat plastic or they break down plastics at and polymers at quite high temperatures. So it's just a bit shit because you might as well burn it and turn into fuel or something. But yep. um, these microbes, they actually break down the plastic at 10 to 15 degrees, which is prime for basically everywhere in the world. Um, except the, the equator where all the plastic seems to be start from and end up. But still it got me thinking. I was like, that's pretty sick. Like we've got this plastic issue and we can start to cultivate these microbes and mm. then, um, you know, start to eat the plastic. You got yep. got any thoughts on it?
1: Well, what happens if, if you eat plastic? Because you can obviously eat a little bit of plastic and then what happens to the plastic? Yeah. Has anyone done that? Well, what? you just
0: sh- shit it out, I'd say. Yeah, just, you eat plastic toys and stuff occasionally, don't you? Well, I mean, I don't. I'm sure you, yeah. you might have eaten something. It comes out. I don't so. think you break it down. Yeah, okay. I don't think. So you have to eat your own plastic packaging, edible packaging. That'd <laughs> <Yeah>. be sweet.
1: <laughs> no, I think... Something like that. Like, I have seen something years ago of um some some worms that could do it, but they just they can only do, like, really small amounts. But, like, it's doable. But, I don't know. Like, should we just be Are making something
0: else? I reckon we might be unleashing the beast. I reckon this could be, like, a, the rabbits and foxes or the cane toad situation. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, sweet. We've got a plastic problem. Well, that's cool because we've got these microbes. Everybody around the world here's your starter kit, breed these microbes. And then next minute, we've got an issue with these microbes eating the world that we've built out of plastic mm, around us. And yeah. they start taking over and it's all our fault. Like we've gone full full cane toads in Queensland sort of shit. I
1: think there's ev- every chance that that's the way it
0: goes. Yeah, if you're like, oh, we'll get... It got me a little these- excited. I was like, is this the end? Have we created the end accidentally? I reckon it's brilliant.
1: But like... <clears throat> we can get You get rid of plastic You just set fire to it right Like It's gone So yeah. yeah The problem with that is that We just need to capture that black soot And do something with like that Is that not how we can just do it? Just capture the smoke And then turn that into something?
0: Yeah well you burn it Turn it into energy I mean it's fuel anyway Melt it down Whack it in your car Yeah Turn the soot into I don't know Sandbags Something Just stuff Just send it to the ocean Fill fill up the caves with it I reckon Start stuffing the holes. Tommy Graham's cave will be closed soon. It's full of black soot from all the plastic that we burn. Problem solved. I've stopped caring about plastic. I've I've decided a couple of years ago
1: that I'm not going to care about that sort of stuff anymore because life's hard enough as it is, right, to just all of a sudden have to feel guilty about all the plastic that you use when there's no way really, like realistically, there's no way around it. So, I've decided I don't give a fuck anymore. Like, I'll put it in the right bin if the right bin's available, but I'm not going to go out of my way not to use plastic because it's way too hard and there's enough... Do you feel better about it? Oh, so much better. So much better. Relieved? I feel relieved not to have... Like, there's enough things to feel guilty about, you know? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Because, like, I don't fucking produce all the stuff in the world that's full of plastic. I'm just here trying to live my life, you know?
0: So It's got to come from above. You're not creating the plastic. No. You're using it because it's so available. It's for you. It's not up to us. It's up to corporations and people creating the plastic to stop fucking making it because I don't know how much plastic you've made in your life, but I've made none.
1: None. I wouldn't even know how to start making plastic. Oil, I think. (laughs) Yeah, but I recommend that to everyone because it is, you know, climate change, plastic, waste, all these things you can feel bad about wearing masks just don't just don't feel bad just live your life and yeah yeah that's that's the takeaway for this podcast
0: (laughs) that's a great thought i like it and while you're out there burning your plastic at the campsite i'll give you my last thought that i had i was like it's a it's just purely coincidence that when you look up into the sky that the sun and the moon are the same size it's like they're pretty much, we see them as the same size. Yeah, the sun is fucking way bigger than the moon, like outrageously bigger. That's what but they tell you. how cool, <laughs> yeah. But how cool would it be if the moon was like five times bigger? Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah, it would be. It actually would be awesome. We should try bringing it closer, I reckon. Well, you know those- That those, should
1: be the mission. Those nights where it looks bigger and yellow. Yeah. That it, It's like, it's pretty amazing. Like, whatever is going yeah. on, it's like, holy fuck, look at the moon.
0: Uh, yeah. So, if Big. it was
1: five times bigger, it would be. You'd just you'd, you'd get used to it, though.
0: Yeah. But then we'd bring it closer again because we figured it out for once. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon it'd be sick. Just this, like, I can't wait till nighttime when we've got that sick glow and I don't get sunburned. It'd be cool as fuck, I reckon. Yeah. And the people in the Northern Hemisphere would appreciate it when they don't get, yeah you know, daylight for get... however long. You'd be able to do stuff. There'd be more surfing. Like, we'd open up effectively 12 to 18 more hours of surfing per day
1: yeah yep
0: around the world like sports are now full-time you know we've got that pill that gilly's invented where you only need an hour's sleep so you're back on the work schedule you're now working 15 hours a day we're gonna need that time we need to bring that moon closer
1: closer moon yep no i'm all for that i was thinking about it the other day actually it's like oh surf's quite good but it's going to be dark in half an hour and then I checked nah, the moon because I was like, oh, if it's a full moon, maybe I'll just surf in the dark, but it, it wasn't a full <laughs> yeah. moon.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fuck yeah. No, the full moon. It's, it's, it's pretty sick out on the Nullarbor, lights the place up. We barely even used lights because we had a full moon pretty much all week. did Not not even required head torches during the day. <laughs> no head torches at night, ironically. Yeah. Fucking upside down living in La La Land. Um, sick, man. Well, we should wrap this up. Have you got a song to play?
1: Yeah, you reminded me of a song right at the start of the podcast. You are talking about being down in caves and you are saying there was little blind spiders down there. um, Yeah. Which reminded me of the Presidents, United
0: States of America. Dune Buggy. Fuck yeah. Little blind (laughs) spiders. Dune Buggy. (laughs) Little blind spiders. Yeah, fuck yeah. Play that song. Love the Presidents.
1: Yeah, right. Done. Well, it's good, good catching up. We'll do it again
0: soon. Shit, yeah. Thanks, bloke. Hooroo. Hooroo.
3: A little blind spider took the wheel Navigating grass blades completely by feel Got a chassis sparkling in the sun all four small, bald, fat tires rocking through the sand and burning up. Little dune out in the sand. A little blue dune out in my hand. Okay, I got it. Rubber band motor humming on the beach. Ready for fun. I quit spinning that web and come out and play in the sun. Eight thimble side cylinders to be as smooth as you please. The spider's badass fat old abdomen stuck in the bucket seat. Little dune bug out in the sand. Little blue dune bug out in my hand. transmission was caught in drive Spider-Man squinting at the sand in the sky Spider-Woman in the front seat Screaming go, go, go He's riding the accelerator down to the floor With his fuzzy little toe Whoa, whoa, whoa A Little dune bugger In the sand A Little blue dune bugger In my hand